Hello, everybody, and welcome back to New Books and Psychoanalysis, the podcast channel of the New Books Network. My name is Philip Lance, and I'm the host for today's episode. Today, I'm interviewing Dr. Fulvio Mazzacane about a book titled Contemporary Bionian Theory and Technique in Psychoanalysis, edited by Antonino Ferro and published by Rutledge in 2018. Dr. Mazzacane contributed a chapter to this book, and I think he is well-suited to speak about the book as a whole, for reasons that will become apparent. Dr. Mazzacane is a member of the Italian Psychoanalytic Society and the International Psychoanalytic Association. He is a training and supervising analyst and the former scientific secretary of the Pavia Psychoanalytic Center. So welcome to the program. Dr. Matsagani. Thank you for your invitation, Dr. Lance. It's great to be here. And am I pronouncing your name correctly? Is it Mazzacane? Uh, yes, it's Mazzacane, but it sounds well. <laughs> okay. I can say Mazzacane. Yes, yeah, that's that perfect. <laughs> okay. And then, um, and then you're from the Pavia Psychoanalytic Center. I have a I have a patient who's Italian who told me how to say Pavia. It's not Pavia. No, it's Pavia. Pavia. Yes, Pavia. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to learn more about that as this interview goes on too. But, but we always start with just one question, which is why this book now? Oh, this book was our group's third. And it was a, an attempt to rethink the fundamentals of theoretical psychoanalytic thought keeping in mind the developments thanks to beyond and the field theory. At that time, uh, the book was written in 2013 in Italian, we needed to reflect on our position in the psychoanalytic world, and we decided to start by giving recognition to the roots of psychoanalytical thinking on the most important topics whilst trying to explain their impact on our position. Uh, it was a time which we started to, to, to work together, and the, the decision was to start with the very basic concepts to rethink. Okay, so I, I heard there that this book was originally written in 2013 in Italian. Yeah. And- and then, who, how was it translated into English? Uh, the translation in English uh, is 2018, uh, I think. Yes, uh-huh. 2018, yes. Okay, I thought it was well translated. I, it was very clear. I wouldn't have known it was written in another language. Um, and you mentioned it, it kind of covers the fundamentals of psychoanalytic theory, and I guess in in multiple chapters. Can you tell us about how those the different chapters in this book? Yes, the the book was written by uh, many authors, and uh, every one of us uh, decided to uh, to write of an important concept of, uh, of the psychoanalytic uh, uh, theory. So transferred, counter-transference, uh, setting, the dream, the interpretation, and uh, the vicissitudes of the analytic uh, path. Yes, that was your chapter. We're going to talk about more in depth. The vicissitudes of the analyst in the analytic work. An excellent chapter, I have to say. Thank you. Um, but let's, so there were, I think, six authors and then an editor. The editor was Antonino Ferro. Yes, the, the group uh, first worked uh, together in 2005 and is led by Antonino Ferro. Uh, the other authors uh, are Maurizio Colova, Giuseppe Civitarese, Giovanni Foresti, Elena Molinari, uh, Luigi Politi, and I. Oh, we all underwent training supervision with the Pharaoh. With the exception of Elena Molinari, who is a pediatrician, we all met as residents in the psychiatry school of, at Pavia University. 
basically we have no one another for almost 40 years wow yeah so so you're all what we call in the united states mds medical doctors yeah. uh, is that yeah yes we all are medical doctors yeah okay and this group you mentioned a group in 2005 so that was a you were it was like a supervision group supervised by Antonino Ferro. We had uh, individual supervision in our training, psychoanalytical training, and then uh, Antonino Ferro decided to to create this group to work together. And in uh, the last fifteen years, uh, we met uh, usually once a month to work together, and we produced the four books. This uh, uh, contemporary Bionian theory and technique is the third of four books we wrote together. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I'll have to go back and look at those earlier books because I found that there was a great clarity, very clear, lucid writing, um, sometimes in a book with, with chapters written by different people. It's kind of uneven. Um, it doesn't really hold together, but this book I thought was very well integrated, um, and every chapter was of a sort of an equal um, level of clarity. Mm-hmm. I wonder, did you all work closely and and helping each other with the chapters, or reviewing the chapters, or giving lots of feedback? Yes, yes, we had. Uh, um, a way to to work together. Uh, so we um, ra- we wrote our chapter, and two other colleagues um, a sort of uh, a review of the of the chapter. So this is the idea to 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 work together and to integrate the the, the all the, the the chapters so that it's not really. Uh, completely of an author, but it's uh, the result of the work of the group. Okay. And uh, before we get into the book a little more, uh, or the, um, I guess I'd, I'd like to know the Pavia, psycho, the psychoanal, Psychoanalytic Center of Pavia, is that an institute or... A, a traditional institute, psychoanalytic institute. Uh, yeah, the, the Italian society uh, has uh, eleven uh, centers, eleven groups, and uh, uh, the Pavia group is the uh, last of these uh, eleven c- centers. Mm, uh, it's uh, uh, we start as a, as a group in uh, twenty. Uh, 13 in 20 no sorry in 2011 and it's a very strange situation because Pavia is a very small town because there are uh, almost uh, 70,000 of inhabitants and there are a lot of analysts uh, because there is a tradition in, in Pavia that started in the 70s there were to uh, psychiatrists there were to training analysts of the Italian society and they started to create a school that was a psychiatric school but even a psychoanalytical oriented psychiatric school and then there are the, from the 70s there were very great movement psychoanalytical movement in, in Pavia that's very interesting the reason yeah, I asked was because you're pretty close to Milan. I think you told me like half an hour away from Milan. So I was surprised there would be an institute in such a small town. But is there one or two or more institutes in Milan too? Uh, yeah, Milano, Milano is very close. And we, before the the that the Pavia group, the Pavia Institute started to work, we were all uh, uh, participants in the Milano group. We have, of course, a good relationship with the, the Milano group. There are a lot of friends, and uh, sometimes we organize some events uh, together. 
Okay, so your Bavia Institute presumably has candidates in training, and is the curriculum there mostly organized around post-Bionian field theory? Oh, really, uh, the institute is different from our group. Um, in the in the Institute of Pavia, there are many analysts, and but um, only a part is very close to the Bionian uh, theory. Uh, of course, this the book is the uh, result of the work of a small number of analysts. Of course, it's uh, the Bionian perspective is the most important in the Pavia Institute, uh, uh, mostly because the, the there is Antonino Ferro is very well known in uh, in the psychoanalytical uh, world and uh, now he is the president of the Pavia Institute. But uh, the, the group, the group that uh, wrote the, the books, it's a small group and, uh, and it's not to be, uh, we have not to over, um, uh, we have not to, uh, we, we might, it's better to distinguish the group, uh, the, the, our group, our Bionian group from the Institute, that is a larger real of the okay. psychoanalytical uh, group of Pavia, the psychoanalytical institute in Pavia. Uh-huh. You know, the one of the other authors of a chapter was, I don't know, I can't pronounce his name, Giuseppe, Giuseppe Civitarese. Giuseppe Civitarese, uh, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's, of course, one of the other well-known members yeah. of, of that group. Um, but And I didn't recognize the names of the other authors. That's the first time I came across your name. But again, I was very impressed by how clear things were. But why don't you tell us a little bit about, for people who might not know, more about Antonino Ferro. Who is he? Uh, something more about Antonino Ferro? Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, I, I I had my first training supervision with him, and it was an incredible experience. I had a supervision, five years supervision, and is great as a supervisor because it's he, every time every week. You have with him a lot of new ideas. Uh, he has a great talent for the clinical situations and the capacity to have uh, incredible new ideas in, with uh, uh, different patients. And he's very generous because uh, he, every, every super, supervision the session is very rich with him. Uh, uh, now he is uh, not only a supervisor, not only the leader of the group, but he is a friend. And I think it's uh, his work in, in the Italian psychoanalytical group is very important. It's very creative and very uh, interesting to do. To, to understand, to study, to study in a very, very profoundly is thought. Yeah, I, he's, I guess I'd have to say probably my favorite author. I, I love reading his books. They're so inspiring mm-hmm. and fun, um, and funny, uh, and clear and simple. And, um, and yeah, he's made such a profound contribution to an, uh, a, a new way of thinking about psychoanalysis. Um, and he writes so much. He he's, mm-hmm. <laughs> seems like a book coming out every year with him. <clears throat> um, so we're going to, let's see, learn a little more about what, what this new contribution to psychoanalysis is. <clears throat> this book is called, let's see, um, well, I've always in the past heard of post-Bionian field theory and associated that with your group there in Italy. This book is called Contemporary Bionian Theory. Is there a difference or a reason why you chose contemporary Bionian theory over post-Bionian? Oh, no. The, you know, the, the, 
the title of the book in Italian uh, in uh, 2013 was Psychoanalysis Today. I think, you know, uh, a title is often chosen by the publisher, and I, I, I think that the original title in Italian, Psychoanalysis Today, in the English translation, the word today was changed to contemporary. But post-Bionian field theory, I think, is the best definition of our perspective of psychoanalysis. It combines Bion's contribution, the model of mind, the envision of the unconscious, the expansion of the onaric, with the perspective of the third in the session uh, as a, an original product of the coupling of patients and analysts in the tradition that started with Baranger and was expanded by uh, other authors. Okay, I like that. Bionian field theory. You mentioned about five or six different elements. Could you go through those once more? Because uh, I think that listeners would like to, to understand this. Um, uh, yeah, there were, what were those um, different elements of Bionian field theory? The. Most of the beyond thoughts are in uh, in our in our um, book. Of course, in, as I said, the the model of mind of beyond is very very incredibly new, and it's the idea. Okay. And Sorry to interrupt you. So, did you say the mother of mind? The model of mind. Yeah. Model of mind. Sorry. Yes. Okay, I I didn't understand the word. Okay, model of mind, um, is is very different. Yes, and then you went on and said some more. Yes, the model of mind is different because there is the idea of a of a um, model of a mind that expand itself, expand itself uh, um, as a probe. Uh, the Bion proposed a model for the development of human thought through pressure, uh, an adaptive response to potentially destructive new stimuli. And uh, this is the, the idea of a new model of mind uh, of the Bion. And the idea, of, of course, that uh, our mind uh, receives receives a lot of stimuli from the outside and from inside. Uh, thought, uh, perception of our body, and of course the real all around that uh, uh, give us a lot of stimuli. And we try to digest all these, these things uh, beyond, uh, beyond talks um, of uh, alpha function, trying to digest all these uh, stimuli. And this is the idea that is most important in the Beyond books, this idea of the, the mind that is always engaged in this kind of uh, work. Okay, so, uh, yeah, so Beyond used the word pressure. Yeah. The, our minds are under pressure from yeah. external internal stimuli and then the mind has to somehow come to grips with that um, and make sense of it and turn it into usable and has, has to do psychological work with all that pressure from the stimuli and then you mentioned um, a new idea of the unconscious so which i think relates to this that um how how does Bion understand the unconscious differently from a more classical understanding of the unconscious? Oh, of course, the, the Freud Freud the unconscious was a, a place a place in which there are many things that was a, a result of repression. Uh, I think that the idea of Bion is a, an unconscious that is something that is continuously. Uh, expands itself and uh, it's the fruit of the work of the alpha function so it's uh, something that it's uh, that arrives after 
the, the work of the alpha function. And it's something that it's uh, uh, very close with the idea of the personality. Uh, in fact, the idea in the beyond field theory uh, that is the, the goal of the analysis is to expand the, the possibility to, to dream, to, to live, to think, to expand the, to expand the unconscious. Okay, so, so in classical theory, the unconscious, as you said, was a place where we could go to try to uncover and discover things that we didn't know were there, but were there and were functioning. In this new model, the unconscious is more of a process or a function of the mind, um, which if I understand it right, it's a function that actually makes things unconscious or um, processes things into the unconscious so that then we can, uh, it's the only way we can think is when all the stimuli from the outside world is processed by alpha function and, and turned into usable thoughts, but that involves an unconscious process. Does that sound right? Yes, the, the definition is that unconscious is a function of the mind, is a psychoanalytical function of the mind, is the possibility to to use all the, the things that arise in the in the mind and uh, uh, for uh, and so that they became useful and they create new, new, new thoughts and uh, the possibility to, to, to manage uh, increasingly high-level high stimuli in the life. Uh-huh. Yeah, so if we move from the unconscious as a place to the unconscious as a function of the mind, it seems like that's a pretty radical shift in how we think about the unconscious. And so would you say that Bionian field theory is, is a new paradigm in psychoanalytic thought? Uh, this is a the, uh, the very important uh, point because the themes in play are the continuity or the discontinuity between Freud and Bion. What are the foundation of the different metapsychology based on Bion's theory of thinking constitutes an evolution or uh, a fracture in psychoanalysis uh, from a theoretical and a clinical point of view? I think that it's not easy to, to respond because psychoanalysis is linked to the other science to its interest in our sciences and the clinical dimension, in which every paradigm shift does indeed mean that the new replaces the old, but it's also linked to the human science, in which the new, more or less explicitly, rests on a process of a creatively digesting tradition. This, of course, creates one of the paradoxical aspects of psychoanalysis, which, as Winnicott said, <laughs> rather than being resolved, should act as a stimulus of to, to think, to new thoughts. So, um, to, I think that the expansion of the Arnaric is in continuity with the Freud's thinking that started with the, the interpretation of dreams. The concept of unconscious, as I said before, is very different. There is a fracture. A fracture or discontinuity. Discontinuity, yes. Yeah, so interesting. In my institute here in Los Angeles, um, they often say we we sort of teach Freud, Klein, Beyond, kind of that sequence. And um, and sometimes I think it's understood to be uh, a continuous sort of evolution, and with a lot of 
continuity, but then it can also, I, I tend to see it more as there's great discontinuities between Freud, Klein, and Beyond. And, uh, but I see they they all are all built on each other. Um, so uh, maybe briefly the, the chapters of the book, um, how is the book organized? In the, the book has seven chapters. We try to explore the fundamental themes of analysis. So the setting, transference and counter-transference, interpretation, the dream, the variations within the child and the adolescent analysis, and um, the, the last chapter, the vicissitudes of the analytic path. And then the, there is the pharaoh that presents in, in his chapter a wide vision of the dream model of the mind. Did you say in, in Pharaoh's chapter, he presents, what did you say, a, a new vision of the model of the mind? Yeah, a, new, a wide vision. Uh, the chapter, Pharaoh chapters is a sort of summary of all the beyond field model. And the, the, the one of the most important points of this model is the, the idea that it's very, very uh, close to the uh, onaric, so there is um, uh, not only the dream in the onaric point of view, but there is the uh, waking, uh, uh, waking uh, dream-like thought, and there is the reverie. These three uh, points are part of the with uh, the, the, the our way to think about the onaric and this is the most important characteristic of our model i think okay all right i see yeah i just opened it up the, the dream um pharaoh's chapters called oh, where is it dream model of the mind and so dreams in your model then dreams are not just something that happen when we're asleep at night yeah can you say a little about dreams no, uh, it's a sort of, uh, it's for, maybe it's uh, better to say dreamlike or it's better to to uh, talk about the onaric. And uh, of course, there are many ways in which the onaric is in our mind. There is the dream in the night and there is the, the waking uh, dreamlike thought in the, when uh, we are not uh, sleeping, and of course there is the the the, the reverence. There are this most important. There is a most important part of the of our uh, model. The the reverie is the most important tool uh, of the for the analyst in the session. Uh, the discontinuity that reverie. Uh, uh, hello uh, is very important and it's a, a sort of a, uh, u turn point in which there is a, the possibility to 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 solve many important uh, uh, problem in the session it's it, it's the, the the, the result of the unconscious communication, the most important unconscious communication uh, between uh, patient and analyst. Okay, I like how you're using the word oneric. Um, a lot of our list, some of our listeners might not know that word. Um, O-N-E-I-R-I-C. Oneric, that means like a dreamlike function. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and so that helps us see how even when we're awake, we there's oneric functions happening, I guess it's the Bionian, Bionian idea. And that in fact, when we're with our patients, we need to be able to <laughs> almost fall asleep in a way, uh, to begin to dream what's happening in the session. Uh, yeah, it, it's very important what you're 
are saying because in the session we try to uh, <laughs> to fall asleep or however uh, we try to uh, let the, the 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 reality out of the session out of the room because the pressure of the reality uh, is difficult to to hold and we can't we can't dream with our patients if the reality is too strong yes i i had a supervisor myself who was an analysand of Beyond because Beyond was here in Los Angeles in the, I think the 1970s. And so he was a supervisor to some of the people who are now my supervisors. And when I used to present cases to her, sometimes I would notice her eyes would be half shut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought she fall asleep, uh, but she was, she would never have fallen asleep. She was, I think entering into kind of a reverie to try to discover, you know, what more was going on that maybe I was missing in my um, take on it. But yeah, so, so dreaming is big in Bionian theory. Also um, the analytic field. Mm -hmm. So in a minute, I'm going to ask you about your chapter, vicissitudes of the analytic field, but maybe you should say something about the field first. Yeah, uh, I was impressed by the last chapter of the uh, Echegoyen Manual that was titled The Vicissitudes of the Analytic Path. So uh, I had the idea to write this chapter on vicissitudes of the analytic field. Uh, in the, on the basis of my chapter, there is um, an idea that uh, in the analytic field model, um, there is a, a concept that is already present at the genesis of psychoanalytic thought, but it's pushed to, the, to an extreme. The functioning of the field can be thought as a series of diseases, acute and chronic benign or potentially potentially threatening, which the analytic couple must try to treat in an original way. Any progress made in the relationship comes out of crisis. So splits can serve a function, projective identification can have communicative value, and a blocked path can carve out the necessary moment for a qualitative leap in the analytic process. So uh, I tried to, to speak about, uh, to, to write about the, the, what Echegoin wrote about the, 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 the most difficult situation in which uh, an, um, an analysis, an analysis uh, can, can be, and try to rethink this situation in a bipersonal uh, model. Echegoin wrote about the negative therapeutic reaction, the acting out, the reversal perspective, and the impasse. And uh, I tried to uh, write something about this this, uh, problems that arise in in the field, trying to to start with the story of the concept and then add something more. Okay. So, yeah, I had never um, come across this Echegoyen manual Mm -hmm. of psychoanalysis. I think the publication date was 1968, maybe. Was Echegoyen, was was he an Argentinian? uh, Uh, From uh, Chile, really. Chile. And... uh, yeah, I, I saw this manual reference multiple times throughout the book. Is it a um, well-known manual in, in Italy or um, just happened to, I don't I'm wondering, is it a bigger thing? <laughs> I might have to go out and buy this book because it sounded really good how you described that final chapter. Yeah, Echegoyen Manos was very useful in Italy. He, the, the book was... Uh, 
uh, written in 1986. Uh, it's a good book. It's a good book to get an historical perspective on the main psychoanalytical concept. Okay. Okay, and so, yeah, so, yeah, I in your chapter then, you you did mention that in the beginning, Freud believed that transference was an obstacle, something we didn't, something that was bad, <laughs> to put it simply, uh, because it was the, uh, the patient um, having a distorted image of the, the analyst. But then he began to see how actually that was a good thing because it could be used in the therapeutic process. So I guess that's what you begin with in your chapter about how things that are originally thought of as bad in an analytic work ended up becoming useful, like projective identification, which Beyond began to see as a way the patient was trying to communicate. So that's another example of how something that was bad becomes something useful. Um, and uh, yeah, so I found this chapter very interesting. Everything happening in the analysis that seems to be an obstacle, um, an impediment, an impasse, is actually extremely important for us to use to diagnose the field um, so these vicissitudes of the analytic field um, can you say a little more about what it has to do with the field and it's it's not just something wrong with the patient yes the idea of this chapter is that this phenomena initially considered negative for the analytic process have become indispensable movements that involve analysts and patients uh, for example the negative therapeutic reaction i don't think that there is a, an analysis in which there is not the idea that not the, the, the problem of a negative therapeutic reaction uh, that arrives in sooner or later because it's it's a sort of uh, uh, side effect of the uh, analytic uh, relationship. There is a, a moment in which the patients uh, bring the patients brings the most important uh, tool the most important point of the analysis and uh, as, a, as if uh, a sort of allergic, allergic reaction. No? And it's important because it's uh, the moment in which the, the most important negative parts that arrive in the, in, the, in, in the analysis can be sold. And this is one point. Uh, the, 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 the chapter on the acting is very important in the Echigoi manual because it's a, a sort of history of the, of the problem of the action in a psychoanalysis. And there is a sort of evolution. And I think that it's most, very important in, in our uh, psychoanalytical uh, days because from acting to for example, enactment, enactment, there is a very, very uh, qualitative leap because I think that uh, enactment is a very rich concept. Overall, because it's a concept in evolution, it started with uh, Ted Jacobs, uh, as you know, um, in a sort of, that uh, uh, was very related to the, to the counter-transfer, but then the, the, the concept of an enactment changed, and, and then now we, we, we talk about a mutual enactment, and it's very different in the bipersonal model, the way in which we think about the action that arrives. Action that it's not only uh, a physical, a bodily action, but we have to think even that there is a, the, the idea that words are actions. No, there is the, all the studies of the pragmatic, the lingu pragmatic linguistics that uh, uh, explain how the words act. 
and it's very important to think about uh, the action in analysis not as a problem but as a way for the patient to show something very important that it's not possible sometimes to, to speak about. Uh, but it's, I think it's not a very new concept because sometimes Freud wrote about this, you know, as he wrote that something that it's not, not possible to say the patient, the patient shows us. Yeah, I I like how in your chapter you took concepts like acting out, which is a concept Freud used, and then traced that through its development, culminating in enactment, mm -hmm. um, which is a mutual and a mutual enactment. Um, and I think enactment comes from mostly developed, as you mentioned, Ted Jacobs, the, the North American relational school yeah. which is um very much uh appreciative of the field and aspects of intersubjectivity um can you tell us a little about the difference between italian field theory and maybe north american field theory if i remember i think several years ago in the international journal and maybe it was the Journal of the American Psychoanalytic. Antonino Ferro and Donnell Stern did a kind of a, a conversation back and forth about what is the field in analysis. Uh, and I guess there's some, there's some differences. Do, are you aware of those or can you speak to those? Yes, of course. I think there is a different concept of unconscious uh, in the behavioral field theories, as I said, unconscious is a function of the mind. It's uh, the result of the work of the alpha function. And then uh, the interpretation uh, in the beyond field theory is always thought as co-constructed and the narrative. And it's likely directed to the field, not to the inner world of the patient. And uh, uh, more, the reconstruction of the history of the patients is not a task for the Bionfield theory, but something that arrives indirectly after the transformation. And the, the level we call field, the level of the interaction that we call field is the result of the coupling of patients and the analysts. And it, it's a level where the subjectivity of both are temporarily in bracket. I think that the, um, uh, through the, all the authors of the North American authors, the author that I, I feel very uh, close with, the, the not, not equal, not the same, but very close to the Bionfield uh, theory, of course, is um, Thomas Ogden. Uh, his idea uh, of the uh, intersubject, the third is not uh, the same in, uh, as the field model, but it's, I think it's very close. And in, from a clinical point of view, when uh, I read in his books, uh, I feel uh, very, very, it, it sounds in my ears <laughs> in a very, very good way. I think it, it, from a clinical point of view, there is not a great difference. Yeah, I think maybe that's because Thomas Ogden, he came out of um, object relations, Kleinian. He had a lot of training and, and that background, so he shares a similar kind of heritage with the Italian field theorists. So, um, uh, let's see. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about to help our our listeners understand a little bit field theory and something you said about um, about it. I I had a patient yesterday, as a matter of fact, and I always disguise these a little bit. But as an example, she mentioned that she's in lockdown because of the coronavirus, and she usually has all her windows open and her curtains open, 
but now there's construction happening next door and there's construction workers looking in her window. And so she's had to shut the curtains Mm -hmm. and she feels very um, confined and these intruders are looking in at her. (laughs) So as I was listening after having, you know, read your book and others, I was thinking, are these intruders um, internal objects uh, of some kind, which would be a more sort of Kleinian way of maybe looking at it? Or is it that something about our work together, she feels that I'm intruding on her? uh, Or is there something about the work itself that we're doing together that's become confined and uh, unable to expand into the sky through the open windows. Um, so I'm just kind of giving an example of how I, I'm learning to think about when our patients present characters, let's call them. Yeah. Do we think those as internal objects or is about um, information about the field between us? Yes, of course, the idea in the Bloomfield theory that it's any f- information about what's going on in the in the session. But of course, it's important not to have in mind a sort of uh, automatic uh, interpretation machine, you know, in which there is a, a sort of um, uh, automatic translation. But of course, the idea is trying to have in mind that the, the most important think that we can think is when we are uh, we try to to give sense of, uh, to the characters of the of the station when they speak uh, uh, about the couple about what's going on in the session this is the uh, the, the the what we can try to to, to think in uh, all the moments of the of the session. Of course, it's not possible sometimes to 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 understand all the thing, things, uh, and sometimes we are uh, uh, we are pushed by the, the reality. For example, what you said is very important. What's ap- happening in our um, uh, sessions now that there is a, a great impact of the reality. I, I, um, I'm thinking about the coronavirus, of course, no. And um, our challenge is even in this incredible, strong situation, trying to be attuned uh, to the 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 individual way in which our patients are uh, living this moment and the way in which they talk. Uh, about the coronavirus is is not a sort of uh, um, uh, general normal communication, but it's, it speaks uh, always of something important that is related with the way in which we, with our patients, are trying to uh, manage. The, the reality and what we now call coronavirus is uh, also something more, something larger, something that speaks about uh, different uh, characters that are including us, that uh, create anguish, anxiety, uh, fear in us. Yeah, and as you're speaking, I'm hearing, is there, are those church bells? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It gives a wonderfully Italian atmospheric sort of color to this interview. And as we're talking about the coronavirus, and I, I recognize it must be 5.49 p.m. on a Saturday evening in Pavia right now. Yeah. And why are church bells ringing? Is that a funeral or... Um, or do they always ring ten minutes before the hour? Uh, I'm sorry, but the 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 bells the is is very strong, and I didn't catch your <laughs> your last phrase. That's okay. I I I was just 
going on about the bells. I'm, I'm yeah. very touched. By They're beautiful. Um, we have to wrap up actually. Um, but I'll finish by asking, are you writing uh, any other projects? Maybe a book about the Bionian field theory and the coronavirus? Mm-hmm. Or what are your thoughts? But actually now in the, in the 2020 is, uh, was published uh, the, uh, the, our fourth book in English. We wrote uh, this book in the 2015, uh, if I remember, and now is uh, uh, translated with the title Psychoanalytic Practice Today. And the book, I think I like this book very much because it's split into two parts. In the first part, there are chapters on some psychopathologies, uh, anorexia, phobia, obsessions, depression, borderline diseases, paranoia, this is mine, that is mine, and psychosis. And in the second part of the book, there are chapters on emotions and feelings. We chose abandonment, exclusion, rage, shame, jealousy, betrayals, surprise, contempt, and sadness. And I wrote the chapter, and uh, I, I was very, very glad because I wrote the chapter on betrayal and uh, uh, getting ideas from James Joyce books. I, I like very much James Joyce, and the betrayal is a, a theme that is in uh, all uh, all his books. Well, I'm going to have to get that book too because uh, that sounds really like another fun one <laughs> from your group. Um, thank you, uh, Dr. Matsukane, for for this interview, especially because I know English is not your first language, but you, and it's sometimes hard to find Italian analysts who will speak in English. Um, So I really appreciate you spoke very well. And thank you so much for the contribution you're making. Thank you, Dr. Lance. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you very much. So you have been listening to an interview with um, Fulvio Mazzacane about his book, Contemporary Bionian Theory and Technique in Psychoanalysis, here at the New Books and Psychoanalysis Network. Um, please check our website where you can subscribe with your email address and never miss an episode. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.